We've said it many, many times here on Solid State, some things are just supposed to work. Chief among them are basic functions like lighting, heating and cooling, or kitchen timers. I do occasionally mean more than one at a time, Siri. So who would have guessed here in 2023 we're knee-deep in yet another format war that has drawn battle lines around none other than your light switch? Okay, that's oversimplifying even for us, but you have to admit it's not far off. Bulbs, switches, plugs, cameras, toasters, you name it, they're all joining the smart home revolution and aim to bring the most modern of conveniences to the most antiquated of creature comforts, as long as you buy the right one. The problem is, the right one for you varies heavily for you, me, or your next door neighbor you still haven't managed to talk to. The space is growing by the minute with new brands, platforms, and approaches, and most importantly, that's a good thing, if the devices can actually communicate with each other. A lot to ask for, I know, but this week we're going to take stock of what's running in our very own homes and ask the question parts bin style. What does matter for your smart home? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we're here uh, with a parts bin format episode because maybe even more so than usual, we are going to be all over the place. But... I think on that's brand a, today, on brand. Yeah, very on brand, but I think all over the place is also aggressively appropriate for what we have to talk about, which is yes. the smart home um, and really what matters in your smart home, uh, pun torturously intended, because yes. there is a, there's shockingly a ton going on in the space, while what we're going to get into a little bit more is shockingly little that makes a hill of beans worth a difference yet for the consumer. It's it's one of those areas of technology where I just feel like there's a fever pitch of stuff going on, just right. announcements and stickers it's and a lot brands. Of, it's and a changes. lot of like industry people patting each other on the back going, we're doing great guys. And no one else really knows what they're doing. Right. Well, in the, on the flip side, you know, Marge down the street walks into a Best Buy and just says, what light bulb do I buy? Because the light bulb's dead in my kitchen. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, it is one of the biggest examples of disconnect. I think to Eric, exactly to your point, industry people as part of all these standards and alliances and everything else are getting together and saying, look at how cool this thing is that we're doing. While this Joe is really Public work is just so saying, good. huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doesn't that just turn off and on when I flip my switch? And I mean, right. even people, go beyond that and they'll they'll have you know echoes in their house or you know the the home pods in their house and they'll ask for the lights to be turned off and on but it's still it's it's still at that almost like magic stage for most consumers where it's like they'll go in and say i have this what do i need and someone will just point to it something and they'll just buy that and put it in right. there's no there isn't a thought process beyond that just as long as they can say hey so and so turn my lights on and they turn on so well, even back to just like stickers. I, I meant that so many people are walking into the store. You know, we, we always use our example of, you know, Joe public walking into their big box store to buy yeah. X. And right now you basically have to know, okay, what assistant do I talk to in my house? Assuming yep. you have mm -hmm. one. And then you look for that sticker. So if it's, yep. I know I've got an echo, I'm not going to say the yeah, actual Yeah, That's why word. I try to do that too. I yep. have to pause it, every time. If you're not going to, if you know, you've got an echo, you're going to go in and looking for the works with that a word. word. Yeah. A, there you go. It um, works with Amazon. There you go. <laughs> or if, you know, if, if it works with Google assistant, works with Google assistant, home kit, 
all eight things that work with HomeKit. Like you're, yep. th- those are the st- you're shopping by sticker, and that is it makes it so incredibly obvious how splintered this specific segment of technology is because it's different than me walking in and saying, I want a video game and knowing I own an Xbox and then right. going to the Xbox aisle and buying the game for Xbox. Yeah, the like, all just, green aisle, yep. <laughs> right, but it's just like, I feel like there's just a, a, a very tangible difference between, in that case, I made a decision on a platform, a brand, a, a singular way of doing things, or in some cases, you just buy all of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that even extends the metaphor that you do have the option to just buy all of them and plug them into your TV. And there's no greater expectation of them working together than I change the input on my TV and I play the one I want to play today, be it Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, what have you. When we start talking about the smart home, I I think about my own house, which is a far cry from an end-to-end smart home, but I do have smart devices strewn throughout it, as do many of us. And I stopped counting when I got to double digits on the different brands of devices that are in my house. Most, sad to say, not even all of which are compatible with the given smart home platform that I have presently chosen, which happens to be HomeKit. So, you know, I'm... We've talked, you know, briefly in, on past episodes that I've kind of journeyed through all of the major platforms at this point, started on Echo, went to Google Home, and now am, you know, over the whole, quite happy being on HomeKit for a lot of reasons, some of them performance-based, many of them security-based. Yeah. I'm not naive. I know Apple's not doing this to be altruistic. They have their own reasons for doing things the way they do, and they have to do with people buying more iPhones. But at the end of the day me making sure that I buy an iPhone so it works seamlessly with my light bulbs is is if one of the net results of that is it's uh, resulting in less of my data being stored, cataloged, and used against me somewhere. Here, Tim, here's another thousand. Like, that's right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, and it took some time for you to get your setup like the way you wanted on HomeKit, right? It will never be done. <laughs> um, it is one of those journeys that, um, no, unless you're working with it in, in, an integrator, like if you are a true consumer, this is not a hobby to you. You just want the things to work. Yeah. It has actually become fully a cottage industry, blossoming into a full-blown industry of people who come in and integrate these homes either from the ground up or retroactively actively to be smart homes because mm-hmm. it is not as simple as being an electrician or even yeah. being in a tech centric or I quote unquote IT person. There are many people that work in our space that their knowledge begins and very quickly ends at the, some of the standards that we're here to talk about today, because it's a whole nother dialect within our, within our it, technology language. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's still, that's an iteration that's been going on for quite some time because, you know, here I am dating myself again, but when I was installing low voltage stuff in homes 15 to 20 years ago, um, they, (laughs) um, there was a lot of, you know, proto smart home stuff that was happening back then, lighting control systems from Lutron and other companies and, Mm -hmm. and things like that, that were, that had some of that functionality starting to creep into it. And there was absolutely no way that the consumer could ever configure that stuff. They actually, mm-hmm. at that point in time, it, it was so locked down that you couldn't like you, you, the, the homeowner had to call someone, a, a 
technician that was certified to come out and reprogram like, oh, well, this light in this room is too bright on, you know, when I tell it to do whatever, you'd have to go in with a computer and reprogram this light system to turn down the lights in that program when they ask for it. And it was all, there was no other control. It was a smart home, but you had to pre-program it. And there was no way any Joe consumer could do that. So, I mean, they've obviously moved on from that, but it's Mm -hmm. still, you know, it's iterated, but it's not all the way there yet where somebody can just understand no. it by picking up the box off the shelf. So, well, and, and comparatively speaking, Eric I was ruinously expensive at the time. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and especially because, you know, not, not just the equipment. I mean, the equipment was expensive. You had this giant essentially computer in, in the wall in, you know, wherever your, all your electronics came into and you had your high voltage and your low voltage joined together in a panel because you had to have them communicate. So all of your, devices on the walls and things like that were all low voltage but they had to link to your light system which was all high voltage so there had to be a bridge in Mm. there so you had to have a certified electrician and a certified low volt installer come together join those things together which then linked into a computer which was just a you know just chips in a box you know it didn't have a screen so you had to plug a computer into it with like a serial cable and then connect to it and program it all you know they had GUI systems that you could do where you could actually see graphics and everything, or you could do it with command line, but it was just, it was ridiculous. So there was all of that equipment you needed, but then you were also on top of that paying for hours and hours and hours of labor to program all that stuff. So, I mean, that part is at least better because that's all kind of done with the AI portion of it. Now it's all pre-programmed in there and you can just do sliders on your phone for the levels and things like that. That becomes a little easier anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to bother with it. And it's so it's so funny you chose brightness of a room as an example, because as a loosely qualified person in this space, I will say that I struggled mere 48 hours ago with the brightness and color temperature of the light bulbs in the room I'm sitting in right now. Um <laughs> And you know, the, the short aside I'll take, this is a parts bin episode. So we talked about how many brands there are in the space. And one of the brands that, you know, is, is pretty well represented across my home is it's called Maris, M-E-R-O-S-S, not a sponsor. Um, and uh, they are, they're, they're one of the, they're one of those Amazon brands. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't actually know. Okay. They're not owned by Amazon, but what I mean by that is I, I don't actually know if you can walk into a Best Buy and buy one. I, I'm genuinely yeah. not sure. I think right. it might be one of those where Amazon is their primary point of distribution. And somebody, somebody just jammed their fist down on the keyboard and that's the name of the company that they came <laughs> That would be correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, but what they are one of the more accessible from a price point perspective entries into the home kit space. You know, pretty good quality, reliable. I, I've really enjoyed their product, and I've got light strips and light bulbs and so, a couple smart plugs. Like it's like it's probably one of the more common brands you would find if you just gathered all the stuff in my house onto a table. Um, I actually complete aside reorganizing the garage since we moved a year and a half ago for the first time since we moved, and I'm mm. discovering stuff from the old house that. I forgot about like a literal box of smart home accessories from the old house. Put a pin in that. We're going to talk about that whole new entry into our society <laughs> here in a second. Um, the concept of leaving a home behind in the smart home era and what that really means. Yeah. Um, but I found this box of just stuff that I'd just forgotten about. And amongst other things, some switches and things I probably wouldn't use were three basically unused Maris smart bulbs that I'd totally forgotten about. I'm like, Hey, I've got a light kit on the fan in my office. They're just regular old bulbs. 
how neat would it be able to be, be able to uh, you know integrate those with the other smart lighting I have going on in that room? Simple enough, right? And up until that point, it truly was. I took the light kit down. I unscrewed the regular bulbs that were there. I screwed in the smart bulbs. So far, we're doing pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> this was how many Johns does it take to swap a light bulb? Thankfully, that day, it was just, just one. Just the one. Mm-hmm. Just the one. Um, except for where I almost shocked myself trying to scan the stupid home kit sticker on the side of it to integrate it into, into the app. Because um, <laughs> yes. if you've never done it, that is home kit's main way of integrating new devices is there's a fancy QR code basically on the side of any given device. And that's what you scan from the home app. You don't mm. normally do the whole, um, manufacturer scan, app or whatever they have scan for devices, broadcast a Wi-Fi network, like that whole thing. Yeah, you actually pair it with, nice. with the QR code. No, it's, 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 I, I do like it on the whole, except for when the sticker is on one side of the bulb, you screw the bulb into the light socket and realize it's now facing towards the fan. So you have to partially unscrew the bulb to get to the sticker and very, and you very, forgot very to turn nearly... the fan off and it's going against your fist as you're trying to take the picture. How did you know? We're here to talk about smart homes and not John's complete and utter lack of being useful in the home. Anyway, got the bulbs in there, but I get them into the HomeKit app, I'd add them to the group, all of that. I'm I'm adept enough at all things HomeKit to do those steps. What I didn't like were the six preset color options that it offered in the HomeKit app. Mm. So then I went to the color wheel and started to play with that. Still wasn't happy with any of those. And what was ironic was when I very first plugged in the bulbs, I actually really liked it. It was a cooler white, which I do like. Not yet. I'm not a big fan of overly yellow light, especially during the day. Yeah. Um, but I also don't like crazy blue light. Like I just feel like there's a not, I don't think our eyes actually know what true there. white yeah. is anymore, but the default temperature they turned on to was what I wanted. The problem was that temperature was not any of those six presets in the app and I couldn't find it scrolling through the color wheel. So I'm like, okay, I do remember because again, this is where the system falls down. Sometimes they're all managed through HomeKit. But Mar- and maybe others do, but Maris does not give you the ability to update firmware from inside the HomeKit app. So I already had yeah. a HomeKit, I'm sorry, I already had the Maris app on my phone from doing firmware updates elsewhere in the house. Light bulb, pun intended, goes off and I fire up the Maris app to A, check for firmware updates. Turns out there wasn't one. Haven't used these bulbs in 18 months. So let's not oh, unpack that for a second. It's that um, good already. Sure, we'll go <laughs> with that. But I uh huh. That or they're doing a very uh, HTC esque ad- attempt at firmware updates, which is we'll give you one update post launch, then you're on your own. But, uh, <laughs> then figure it out. And then figure it out. But anyway, uh, I get in the no firmware updates, but I go into the bulb, and there it was just like instead of a color wheel, it was just what do you want? Blue, red, white, green, whatever. So I just tapped on white, and what do you know? The default Maris white was the white that it went to when it first powered on and the one that I liked. So now I'm stuck in this position of managing the bulbs in their entirety from the HomeKit app, unless I choose to change the color temperature and don't know how to get it back to where it was before, at which point I'll need to bounce over to the Maris app to reset it back to the, the white light that I actually like. Yeah, Here I am trying to troubleshoot while we're on the podcast. But uh-huh. it, doesn't tell you the, it doesn't tell you the Kelvin temperature nope. of the white? Oh, that's amazing. Nope. It is the word white. That that is that that is as descriptive as it is. It is the word white. So you still need the original app, even uh-huh. with the control. Yeah. Uh huh. 
And so, that's what matters in your smart home. Right. Yeah. So what, why are we rambling about bulbs and temperatures and things? And that's because, um, you know, we were very obviously being very tongue in cheek with why all this matters in the smart home, because even if you're not knee deep in a lot of this, if you follow any amount of the news around the space, even loosely, you've probably heard over the last several years, but especially in the last several months, talk of this thing called matter and what the heck is it? And you know, why, why does it matter? Um, the, we are not doing an episode on matter. We would have called it that if we wanted to, but the very, very short version is um, matter is a standard. <clears throat> it is technically, it is managed by an organization, but it is not a brand per se. It's not a company. There is not going to be products coming to you from matter. Um, products that you already buy or will be buying will in theory be utilizing matter. Um, uh, examples of this for, you know, again, slightly more Joe public folks would be when you think about USB or Bluetooth or things that like become just words we use to describe right. the literal things we use every day. Those are technically standards like USB in all of its iterations is a standard that comes down from a USB alliance of companies that get together and decide what the standard of USB is going to be. Bluetooth, same thing. There is a Bluetooth alliance of people that get together and decide what Bluetooth is going to be. And yes, it's always going to be better next year. Like mm -hmm. it's just, yep. there's all of these standards that are, we think of them as a thing that some company is a sticker putting on out a box. there. Yeah. Right. And because they're a sticker on a box on someone else's box, more importantly, right. they are a standard that people buy into to utilize for their devices. And that is what matter is. It is a standard. So you're not going to go buy a bulb from matter. You're not going to go buy a thermostat from matter. The hope though, is that your next bulb, your next thermostat is going to either already have, or in the future support matter. And what that means at the end of the, the most simple way of looking at it is right now, when I went through all those smart home transitions I talked about before from Echo to Google Home to HomeKit, it resulted in the repurchasing of almost every single smart device in my home. And thankfully, my footprint of devices was, was much smaller as I went through those earlier transitions because yeah. I shudder to think about doing it now. And I'm still, again, still not done. Um, it, it means rebuying the thing that will work with the future. I will say that the transition from um, Echo to Google Home was easier because I, the many of those devices are cross-compatible. Like you go and you yeah. buy the bulb, it's got both of those stickers on the box at least. Oh, yeah. It was the HomeKit jump that was really the big difference maker, and that was because HomeKit just does things differently for how it communicates, how it talks to the cloud, where your requests go, and how they're processed. Um, there's a whole other story we can do on why those things are different, why one may or may not be better than the other from a security performance. I mean, the list goes on. Um, but back to matter, though, the promise and there's a big emphasis on promise there of matter is that all that goes out the window. You go buy a smart bulb, as long as it is a smart bulb from that gen that has, you know, the little matter sticker or whatever will end up being the, the, the indicator, you'll be able to buy that with the confidence of being able to take it home, plug it in, set it up and use it with your home assistant of choice. Be yeah. it one of the big three we have today or, and this is for me, competitively speaking, again, 
shout out to a recent episode of why I think standards like matter are so important is it also opens up the door for future smart home and entries yeah. into that space as long, you know, if there's someone with a great idea for how to sm- revolutionize the smart home, all they have to do at that point in theory is embrace a standard like matter and there, and they could ship their standard, their platform, their widget, and it will just work. And that yeah. opens up the door to, you know, that at least cuts down some of these famous walled gardens to say, I want to be a player in this space and I want it to work with everyone else's. Because if you're a startup, if you're a new entry, if you're looking to say, I've got this really amazing thing, but to get it in front of people's faces, I have to overcome the market dominance of Amazon, Apple, and or Google. Yeah. That, good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck. The game's already over. So that is why standards like this do matter. And I'm going to keep torturing that one so much is because a, it makes the devices we already have or would buy in the near future more, more valuable from a, they're all just going to work together perspective. But from a far more 30,000 foot perspective, it opens up the door for other players that would otherwise never get a chance. And, and on that um, topic, they, they've all, they've all joined this, right? Amazon, Google, Apple have all signed on to Matter. So the big three are all signed and on. And Samsung with. as well. Looks and like. Samsung, Samsung okay. yeah, the they're uh, the big three plus. And I, sh- I should, you're right, Cody. I shouldn't just say big three because um, Samsung Smart Things is kind of like that. I don't want to say stealth because people buy Samsung stuff on purpose, myself included. But <laughs> yep. I think people, I think it would be shocking to to actually like look at the numbers of how many people are knee deep in the Smart Things ecosystem and not realize it. Because they've got a it's Samsung TV, yeah. a Samsung refrigerator, a Samsung right. washing machine. Like smart things has been just out there for long enough. And Samsung's really good at playing that game where it's, you just look up and you're surrounded by their stuff. Like, oh, yeah, so, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, it says some of their refrigerators and TVs uh, should be compatible with it, too. Wouldn't matter. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, all those big brands are in there. And a lot of the smaller ones are coming, too. I will say that's where kind of things are getting a little shakier is... um. Some are either not opting not to embrace it or at least delaying. The most recent big announcement was um, Philips Hue, which one of, which was one of the like the very first ones. Er, yeah, well, yeah, some of the yeah. earliest splashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the earliest splashes into the consumer smart home. So, Eric, when I think about like what you were talking about before of like the ultra high end yeah, Lutron, Crestron, those systems. Yep. Those were not for consumers. Those were for people with big pot with deep pockets and a guy that could come in and set these things yep. up, or an army of guys that can set these things up and come in and operate them for them. Philips Hue is one of the first examples in my memory of, you know, Joe Consumer could walk into Best Buy, buy the starter kit of bulb, bridge, and switch, and now have a light bulb that he could magically turn on and off like a Jedi. And that was just right. like that was one of the first examples, the first times I saw it anyway, out in the public. And um, and expensive back then too. I remember when when those still expensive now. Yeah, those three lights came out. They were very expensive. Oh yeah. Yep. And and they are uh, you know, I'm, I'm told I've not had them. You know, high quality, very reliable, very good, very good place to be in that market. They are walking the. They had a deadline coming up to have their stuff ready to go to matter. And they're now walking that back and saying, it might be later, which there's a little twinge of might be later to, will they do it? And I do believe, I do actually believe matter is where we will end up because one of the reasons, um, Cody, I think you mentioned, you know, Apple and all these folks are in it. Not only is Apple, for example, in matter, they've, they've provided to the standard, 
a huge number of the underpinnings of HomeKit. Like HomeKit is in the DNA of matter. Like they're knee deep yeah. in matter and matter is knee deep in them. So, um, which is great because going back to one of the reasons I chose HomeKit long-term for my smart home platform of choice was it offered a lot of performance and security advantages that I just couldn't find on the other platforms. This in theory opens up the door for some of those advantages to make it to the other products. Cause I do see Google do some things that I think is really fun. I want to participate in. I see Amazon, I see Samsung, I, um, Maris and, and Hugh and all the, I see these companies do things. I'm like, man, I'd really like to try that in my garage. Oh, that'd be yeah. a perfect fit for my patio, my kitchen, mm-hmm. what have you. The, the home is a, again, more tortured puns. The home is a <laughs> connect is a connected group of spaces that all serve relatively different purposes. I, I use my office very differently than I use my living room. Mm-hmm. I certainly yep. use my garage differently from my kitchen. Like, yes, it's all my home, but I use all these spaces very, very differently. So therefore the tools that I want to use in those spaces are very, very different. And going back to competitive advantage, some of these companies are doing really cool things specifically in some of those spaces. I think about to this day, my thermostat of choice is the Nest thermostat. Yep, it I was do. my... V- it was my very first smart home device. Literally, my first smart home device was a Nest thermostat. And I just, I like it. I like how it looks. I like how it functions. I try not to think about the data it gathers. No, um, <laughs> but I really, I really do enjoy Nest. And the simple fact of the matter is it is not and will not ever be quote unquote home kit compatible. So as a result, oh, and please do not email me about Homebridge or Hoobs or any of, I do not. Yes, I am a tinkerer. I've, I'm finally at the stage of my life that I'm giving up on building my own middleware. That's just mm, not right. what I'm here. That's not what I'm here to do. And they've kind I, of done it for everybody at this point, you know, with this. Oh, so. I've ran, I've run a home bridge box here in the house. I've still got the Raspberry Pi laying around somewhere and it's, it's fun for a Sunday afternoon. It's not how I want to control critical aspects of my home infrastructure. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just not. So quick aside there i do know you can do these things that's not what we're here to we're here to talk about what the non uses of the world would want to use yeah. um i will use a home bridge box again probably something and then i'll stop and then i'll do it again. these we are tinkers that's what we do i'm talking about what the public would ever want to use so in that context that nest thermostat is not going to talk to my home kit so therefore now we're back to i have an app to control my thermostat, and I have another app to control most of the rest of my home. When Matter comes in, don't get me started on Google's announced they're not going to bring the Matter support to my specific generation of Nest thermostat. Appreciate right. you guys. <laughs> yeah, um, mine either. But the current one is said to be getting it, at which point, so where does Matter come into all this? In a world where that thermostat gets that update, you would then be able to have a Nest thermostat natively talk to and integrate with say your HomeKit app right? And, and, or your Apple home app. And that's, and that's just one example. We, you could have HomeKit devices talk to if you're on the echo platform or Google home or what have you. And it would, it would allow you to interconnect these devices in a way that you could just go buy the thing that fits the need and not the thing that has yeah. the right sticker on the box. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't, I don't know. That, that that just seems very, very important to me for well, not just gonna, the growth of the smart home, but the growth of people who want to bother with it. Right. Yeah. It's going to it's going to drive adoption is what it's going to do. I mean, just because it, if it, the easier it becomes for someone to go out there and just grab that, it's going to make it. We, we talk about, like you said, throwback to another episode. We talk about competition. It's going to allow people to come in and underprice and get things more affordable and easier to implement in their homes and the more the easier it is to implement and the more cost effective it is the more it's going to get adopted and then smart homes are going to grow and grow and grow which you know is a whole other problem because no one's you know thinking about the security of this either you know keeping it separated on an internet of things wi-fi and all those sorts of things there's going to be a lot more entries into people's homes after this but you know please consult your local it professional on the needs for security in your smart home anyway shameless plug um (laughs) yeah i feel like you'll buy like i have like you know a google and an alexa here or amazon and like you know sorry and uh (laughs) she who must not be named (laughs) and if you don't like update you not update but like don't get a new device you know for a little while then you go oh i want to get one oh do i get a it compatible with Google? Do I get it compatible with Amazon? Then you're like, okay, like you said, that limits your choices of what you're going to look at. And you're like, you know, so with matter, I mean, it'll be much nicer to be able to actually go, okay, I want, actually, I want this one. Right. You can go, you can go by functionality, like John said, or you can just go by looks, mm-hmm. you know, right. like I like the way this one looks better and you don't have to worry about, is it compatible? If it's all got the matter sticker that, on it, then it's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. I felt like every time I wanted to buy one, it was, Oh, I really want this one, but it actually doesn't work with what I have. So I have to go yep. get another one that I don't really want, but it'll work. Yep. Yeah. And, that, right. and that's the big problem right now. Once they, mm-hmm. that's why, that's why this yeah. matters is because <laughs> we'll be able to have those choices that we don't have now and get the things that we actually want. Yeah. And, and where does that leave us today? You know, matter did technically officially launch back. I believe it was November of 2022. So if you just, just a few short months ago, um, and it remains a mess, but I will say there are some differing opinions out there. Many, many, many people are saying they should have waited. They should have launched it later. Um, this is probably one of the many reasons why I'm not a software engineer because I'm very much of the mind of just ship the dang thing. Yeah. Edit out there. It's going to be messy. It's going to be, yeah. like, you don't want to ship it so early that it gets toxic and then oh. people just never circle back to it. On Bluetooth the flip side, messy. Bluetooth is, Bluetooth will be better next year, Eric. <laughs> right. Bluetooth exactly. will I always mean, be better thing. next year. And, and that's why they have to kind of take that tact a little bit with this and, yes. you know, and get it out there so that people can actually start using it. I, I don't believe that anyone. I should, let me rephrase. I've yet to speak to the person that actually believed that matter was going to launch. Magically, we were just going to walk into our homes and every device was just going to be talking to each other and there were going to be birds chirping and Bambi hanging out in the corner chewing on a flower. Like that just yeah. that. That, that picturesque scene of harmony across the smart home was never going to happen on day one. And PS, by the way, isn't necessarily even in the promise of what this is going to do. These are still companies that really like to make money and are going to find ways to be like, hey, this thermostat will work with all these platforms, but here's all the ways it's better on ours. And right. there's not going to be any stopping them from doing those things. That's, I almost shudder to say, it's fine. I think about that Nest thermostat. I have no illusions that to get that to have the most direct integration and control, much like that Maris bulb, I would still need to go back to the Nest app. But at right. the end of the day, mm-hmm. if I have my Apple Home app open, 
I want to just be able to say, turn down the freaking air conditioner. I want a plus button and a minus button. And as long as I can do that, leave all your other fancy features in the native app where you can serve me ads for your other devices. I I hate to, I will probably almost certainly rue these words. I'm okay with that, especially in the early days. I'm not even looking for a level playing field across platforms. I'm looking for the fields to have interconnecting roads. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah, um, some sort of communication between them where there's none now. Right, there, where there's literally, they are islands. When we yep. need to bridge those islands, man, I'm just all over the place with metaphor today. Um, but no, we need to bridge <laughs> the playing fields and islands and roads and plumbing. But anyway, the, the, that that's what we need to do is get, get the devices talking. And the first step to that is shipping the dang product. Yep. Because yes, it's a standard, it's a that... It, it's a product at the end of the day. It's not one that people are directly selling, but it's certainly going to lead to people selling other things. Yeah. I mean, these, these people that are creating products that are going to be compatible with matter need the standard so that they right. can start to manufacture those products. If they don't have the standard, they've got all these great ideas sitting on the shelf that they can't get to market until matter comes out. So they need to, yeah, they need step yeah. A before they can move on. Right. And, and they're need, And the compelling case has got to be reinforced that if everyone gets on board with this, does it raise the likelihood that someone might buy the competitor's product? Yes, but it, well, what's you know, a, a rising tide raises all ships. I, I this is yeah. one of those situations where I truly believe it's going to open up the market to a dramatically greater amount of people. So there's more to go around. Right now, uh, for the most part, these companies are all vying for the attention of the us's. You know, the the people who play with this stuff because we enjoy it and we get really irritated when our light bulbs don't work correctly, but we're not just (laughs) ready to start smashing things over it. I'll tell you right now, I use my poor mother as an example all the time. I shudder to think about putting any of this stuff in her home right now because that will be one more thing I will become tech support for. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's a very apt example because my... My wife's father moved up here a little while ago and he wanted that kind of functionality. Mm-hmm. So I installed the smart plugs that I have in my house, in his house, because they, they work great for me. Mm-hmm. He, yep. he could not get them to work. And, and you know, I, I got them all hooked up for him. I got them set up. I showed him how to use it. And then anytime there was an issue, I was over there fixing his smart plugs. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't just work yet. And we need that. So... No, I, and and, that, and that's not even remotely what we're here to solve today. Making it just work is about them making better products. But the the incentive to make those better products is going to come at, well, what is the size of our market? How many people are actually out there yeah. shopping for this stuff and spending real money on it? And I just, I firmly believe the size of that market grows exponentially when the smart home aisle at the store becomes buy anything in this aisle and it's at least it's going to work. As with anything else, you can tie them together in different ways to make them work better or have a superior experience. But if the bare minimum standard is that it will work, I'm going to take one more trip back to the light bulbs. The light bulb aisle at Home Depot is massive. Yeah. And I don't mean the smart bulb. I just mean the light bulb aisle. There are different grades and brands and qualities and everything else. But at the end of the right. But at the end of the day, if I buy a light bulb that is the same size socket as the light fixture I have in my house, it 
will turn on. Like it will yeah. work. It is, it is literally built on a standard. And that is a very analog way of looking at it, apply, trying to apply to a digital world. But that's where we have to get. We have to have that aisle in this. I always think about that aisle in the store that no one's shopping in anymore. Going back to our Amazon episode. <laughs> um, I just I go back to that aisle in the store that until people can walk into that aisle and start interrogating the product based on what you just said, Eric, I want one that does this temperature or has these auto features. Or the, yep. like, when we start getting down to product level with why I'm buying it and not platform level, that blows the door wide open on this entire market. And yep. that's the why behind why these standards, A, need to exist at all and why they need to get there as quickly as possible. Yeah, and also why they're probably, hopefully, driving this forward so that we can get there because they know this. They know that it's going to increase their market. They're all going to still yep. be fighting for those people to buy their product, but mm -hmm. it opens it up so more people can come over the aisle from, you know, Philips Hue is not compatible with Matter, but their, you know, their bulb is. They're now, you know, there's a chance we could get those customers and they're going to market directly to those people to try to get them on board yeah. with their product and increase their market share. So that's what dollars are what they're after. So, yeah, I mean, as long as it drives that forward, they're going to go for it. So I promised it wasn't going to be entirely a matter episode, i.e. this is a part spin. We want to talk about just the broader smart home in general. And obviously through a lot of those examples, I've talked about some of you know, kind of the recent things I've played around with. But have you guys brought anything to your respective spaces of late where it's like, yeah, that was a, a, a another place I dipped my toe into the smart home. And was it a good experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I did I did a couple things, but not much. I mean, so far, I haven't really jumped out there more i you know got the nest thermostat and installed that and was happy that it actually functioned with my ac in in the new house <laughs> that we moved into because you know i wasn't 100 percent sure because they're not that's one of the big things is like you know they they give you like a wiring diagram uh -huh. and then you pull your thermostat off and the wires behind the thermostat don't match their wiring diagram at all at least in my house the yep. colors were all completely different. The, the whoever installed my HVAC system didn't do it. Didn't use the standard wire. They used whatever they oh, had in their geez. truck. So I had to Neat. kind of like, yeah, I had to move things over, and it, and it worked. Like I was able to get it functional again because I tinker, but right, I was able to get it to work, and and so that's fine in here. And then I have um, Amazon devices through my house currently. I'm going to switch to HomePods eventually. They're just expensive. When you know Amazon runs a sale every year, where I can get one for twenty nine dollars. Yeah, you know, they, they just give them. them away. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They give them away. So I was able to fill up the house with those. So I have those in here, and I have smart plugs sort of littered throughout the house from uh, you know like you a brand a, a gobbledygook brand from yep. Amazon that I was able to order, and I got like a whole bunch of them on a deal one day. And so I have the the light bulbs. They're they're not smart bulbs, but they're lamps that I've plugged into the smart plugs that then become right. smart because of that or whatever. So I can control them from there. And when we're not home or whatever, we can have them set on programs. So they turn on and off throughout the house at different times and make it look like we're home. Very, a very home alone security system. Yeah. Um, I don't have a dancing, um, you know, Michael Jordan Ooh. in the house or anything, ah, but, man, but we're, we're working on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially, and, and I have, and it's funny, I actually have my Samsung TV, which isn't compatible with any of that stuff. So, you know, it doesn't talk, it doesn't yep. cross talk there. So I know, you know, but that that's about as far as I've dipped my toe into it. So yeah, I'm similar. I just have light bulbs and smart plugs. <clears throat> um, and I have Google and Amazon. So like, to your point, I had to connect them to Amazon. And then yep. I had to connect them all to Google so that I could whatever room I was, I could the other. Still, like use them. Um, 
Yeah. No, at least for the most part, they can do that. So Mm -hmm. at least you've got that option. And to your point, like a lot of the controls aren't there. Like I still have to use the app from the program, that know, from the manufacturer to mm-hmm. like get the certain adjustment or the right hue that I want right. uh, to go for. Um, so I, I will say that that does get a little annoying, like, cause it doesn't always work hundred percent all the time. You might say no. something and be like, Oh, cannot find the light bulb. I'm like, it's right here and it's on. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Mine does that too. When I, we've got a, um, one smart bulb in the, in the living room or what's our smart plug and we've programmed it so we can say she who shall not be named we can say her name and then say do the thing mm-hmm. and she turns the light on and sometimes we'll do that and she'll be like you know living room is not functioning and i'm like it is you just turned yeah. it off and then and on and like you know it's and then you say it again and just repeat yourself and it works mm-hmm. so yeah it's a little she was napping yeah but, that's no, so uh, one, one trend i think i picked up on in both your setups for the most part, I think Eric, maybe your thermos has the one, one exception. And it, and it's one that I've, this is a distinction we make a lot in our day jobs, but I've also found is a very hard line in the smart home. And that's everything that exists outside the drywall and behind the drywall. And that is when I think about people that go both feet into that experience that that's one of those very first, like frontiers to pass because it's the difference for me between like buying the little blister plugs that just plug into your regular yep. light uh, or a regular power plug and then you plug the thing into that's an outside the drywall accessory or you can go buy an actual in the wall plug that goes behind the drywall and like that's just a very pun intended clear barrier between kind of one phase of getting into the smart home and then how mm-hmm. deep yep. do you want to get how deep into the drywall do you want to go like the thermostat was one i mentioned about our old home versus the one we built a couple of years ago that just that move opened up a dramatic change for me because again going back to being a tinker oh more than ever a lot of our stuff is now behind the drywall i got i yeah. go back to that box i mentioned of stuff from the old house that i found other than those three bulbs that i repurposed in my office the rest of that box was all the plugs that were littered around that house because that was how we were doing everything mm-hmm. a because i don't enjoy going behind the drywall not something i like yep. doing but also our former home was built in 1977 it right. lacked the neutral wiring, the white wire that you need for the overwhelming majority of behind the drywall smart accessories to function. There are some very, very specific, I think Crestron or Lutron, one of those guys might have like, there are some that have bothered to come up with alternate ways to do it. They're yeah. all basically a physical hack and they're all ruinously expensive. Yep. So I stuck with the little blister plugs throughout the house or bulbs instead of switches or I, other than my thermostat, which did have the necessary wiring, everything else I had done in that house was on my side of the drywall. Yeah. So coming into this house where it is end to end neutral wiring, I've got the structured cabling. It's you know built to a modern standard. Um, the only place we have a blister plug, for example, left is once a year when I get the Christmas tree out. Because right. I have one because I'm too lazy to Us get too. Yeah. and the light bulbs on and off. So <laughs> yeah. that was a solution. But everything else has become, you know, smart plugs in the wall, smart switches in the wall, a few mm-hmm. places, smart bulbs up top. And that's more for color temperature purposes. I still control them with the smart switch because that's just easier. Um, it that That's, you know, that's yet another place where I think average Joe public is not looking to go rooting around behind the drywall. I mean, I'm a tinkerer and I like to mess around with stuff, but I don't mess with high voltage. I will never be putting anything behind my drywall. I I am clumsy 
and I am absent-minded <laughs> and I will electrocute myself if I try to do that. And I, I it's all going to be blister plugs for me until I pay someone to come in and replace the, the high voltage stuff, which will probably never happen. So uh, I will, I will be the first one to admit transparent to a fault. There is a very tiny little singe on the inside of the wall box behind the plate of my kitchen light switches, because the smart switches are of course, cause there's a bunch, there's brains, there's guts, there's little electronics that go on behind the, it's not just a switch. So it has to go much deeper into the, the wall box, which takes up a lot of the room that was previously uh, taken up by wires. So you really have to sometimes work to get this stuff to fit into the wall box once you do so. And I tried a little too aggressively to fit it back in. And one of the wires popped out and touched the, uh, the metal wall box. Yeah. And um, oh, no. next thing I know is I see an arc and a spark and the breaker flips and the power goes out in the kitchen and that you can't see it. You have to take the cover off the wall to even see it. But there is a lovely tiny little black singe mark just on the inside <laughs> of that wall box. It's, yeah. it's my reminder to, uh, yeah. And it didn't, out. and it didn't fry the smart plug with that. No, oh, that's nope. good. Hey, yeah, we'll take those. Nice. Okay. So, so we talked and well, okay. You guys talked about your setups and again, I've alluded to mine throughout. So I've done kind of the gamut at this point behind, behind the wall switches and plugs outside of the walls, um, plugs, bulbs, uh, light strips have become one of my favorite, you know, home accessories like the led light strips. Yeah. And no, I'm not looking to, you know, YouTube channel my house. That's not the <laughs> I'm going for. I'm just a very big fan, especially like at night of non overhead lighting. I oh, just, yeah. I really prefer to like light rooms, not from overhead, like I like, I prefer to light from corners and under tables and behind bookcases and just that indirect lighting is very comfortable to me. And so obviously like strip lighting has existed as long as there's been LEDs, but I will say that one area of smart lights have become very inexpensive, very yeah. reliable, um, and very easy to control. I just, I, and that is like one of my favorite pieces of my smart home is the, you know, two-sided tape light strips that I've just got, you know, under cabinets and just all over mm -hmm. the place. Um, but it just, it gives me a lot of really great customization because also once you do go both feet into the smart home, you can then get into like scenes and automation. So like I've got a very specific setup for when we're watching a movie in the living room and I've literally sat, I've owed to have been a fly on the wall and watch myself be a moron. I've sat in the middle of my living room on the couch all lights off and then turned lights back on around me one at a time until I could identify all the lights that were in glare line of my TV. Very and valid. Those, you know, yes. those are now mm -hmm. all the ones that turn off when I tell my home assistant that I'm going to watch a movie because there's enough <laughs> lighting you can walk around without tripping on things, but none of those lights are within a glare line of where I sit. So do you, you have a, you have led strips behind your TV? I do. Um, are they the fancy ones that change color based yeah, on the scene the, of the, of the movie? They are not only okay. because a, they were more expensive. B I, I need to see them. I need to know someone who has bitten that off and done it because mm. it just sounds absolutely hokey as does everything else I've done right. in my house. But it's just like, <laughs> I, I, it's one of those things where I know I'm going to see someone do it. And then my phone is going to magically fly out of my pocket and yeah. there's going to be a box. It's something I've wanted to do for a long days. time, and I haven't. Me too. I haven't is it like a Samsung product or other ones? There's they several. Have them, they have them from, okay. I think it's done through the USB cable. I think it kind of like you pass. I'm sorry. 
the HDMI cable. I think you pass the HDMI cable through it so and it actually audio, like right? reads the signal coming through the HDMI yep. cable or something like that. That's and there's dope. some of them that actually have like a little sensor or something that kind of sticks out on in front of the TV and will detect yeah. what is on the TV. And then because it's supposed to be more comfortable on your eyes or less stressful on your eyes to have the light behind the TV match, yeah, the, yeah, you know, that definitely. kind of thing. So it's something that I've always wanted to try to kind of that home theater experience that I'm trying to eventually set up up there. So one, it is one step at a time. It is a yep. journey of an infinite number of steps yep. because it's just there, there is no be it the smart home or the home theater. Those are just two that there it's never done. And the crazy if thing is done, every time I take one trying. of those steps, my wallet gets lighter. Every yeah, it's, it's this really, really <laughs> weird phenomenon that's very unfortunate and unsettling. But um, the last thing I wanted, because I promised earlier we'd put a pin in, I wanted to circle back to, you know, matter's really great. I do think it's, okay, it's going to be great, I, I predict. It is going to usher in kind of this next generation of what the smart home means to more people. I think that's the right. biggest thing is it's it's going to open up to more people. but Make it more accessible, yeah. right. But the thing that is so rarely talked about is what happens when you want to end it. And I don't yeah. mean like, I'm done. I don't want any more smart stuff. Put all the dumb stuff back in. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like in my own experience, and it was much earlier on for me. All right, we're going to move. What do I do with all this stuff? Is it part of the house? Do I leave it behind? Do I take it with me? I think a lot of that for me is in line with the in front of versus behind the drywall conversation. Like mm -hmm. I'm sure there's also like real estate legalities involved, but I would imagine it's mm -hmm. not a great move to sell a house and then rip out all the in wall plugs. Um, right. <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> someone's going to raise problems. Well, with yeah. That, but. I mean, the, that it raises an interesting question too, because I, I mean, I hadn't really thought of it until right now, but you know, let's say I, I pack up my stuff and go to, you know, move to another home, you know, for me, it's not that big of a deal. I've got blister plugs, right? So I'm going to take all the blister plugs. What I am going to leave is my Nest thermostat because I'm not going to yep. rip the thermostat off the wall, right? So, but I'm also going to take my Wi-Fi with me. So if I forget to reset, reset that Nest, then I walk out the door and the next person comes in and they're going to have to fight with that thing to get it reset and then connected to their home and into their Wi-Fi. And it's just going to be, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't even think about it. There's so many more nope. steps that everybody's going to have to take when they They're walk. They're going to be able to the control house. their uh, temperature if they exactly. don't move it. <laughs> no, to, to, to borrow a term from our day jobs, there is a decommissioning process that yeah. really has to be followed departing the modern home. There really is. It's not just about, you know, redirecting the mail and, and you know, putting a pause on the water. Like it really is yeah. taking stock of what things have I hidden behind the drywall in a lot of those because those are the hard you, you walk around you see the plug sticking out of the wall you know what i mm -hmm. mean but yep. other times when it's like oh yeah i did put a water sensor behind the toilet in the guest bathroom you know all that stuff that's paired and tied to accounts and some yeah. are very difficult to reset um one of my favorite examples in this and there was less than nothing nefarious about it it was an honest mistake that turned into a joke forever um some very dear friends of ours moved some years ago Eric, in your exact example, forgot to reset the thermostat on the way out the door. Yep. It was joined to the Wi-Fi network that was just coming off the ISP. So it didn't change. Mm. Oh, geez. Yeah. And for what I understand it to be months after they moved, he could open up the app on his it's phone still fit, yeah. and still see, and not that he did, but could have controlled the thermostat 
right. in their old house for months after they moved. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of scary, honestly. You don't even think about it. I mean, yeah. I, that's that, that's going to be the biggest problem is Joe Public, again, is not going to think about that when they walk out of the house. Yes, Wiping your house the before you sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Just they're like, going to pull the plugs out of the wall, like you said, but anything that seems like it's part of the house, water sensors, Nest thermostats, you know, even smart bulbs. If they're Cameras. up in a fixture, you, you know, they're just going to walk out and leave all that stuff there. It's, no, it yeah, you don't even think about it. Eric, you referenced in a past episode, but again, back in the day when you guys would install like camera systems in homes, they went to a DVR or something tucked yep. in a closet somewhere. So when the new person came in, they got the password to the DVR and that's their cameras. And hopefully the old people remembered yep. to wipe the drives on the way out the door. <laughs> now the stuff did. going, no, of course not. But now with the, with the stuff going to the cloud, Again, you forget to do that stuff or the incoming person forgets to ask how, how many hours I would be terrified after hours. Imagine days, weeks or months of realizing, oh, my gosh, there there was a camera in the garage that was part of the smart home automation that's been watching me come and go from my house going to someone else's account for the last six months. Right. I mean, these are real. Again, not that people, most people are not going to do this for nefarious reasons. It's still terrifying. I yeah. don't want someone even accidentally having a camera feed in my house, much less intentionally. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so that, that, that's really the, the decommissioning of the building one is one thing. Very few people are going to be in that same home for the duration of their lives. It, it happens, but it's, it's definitely not the statistical norm. We're right. going to change locations, change homes, change locales. The things that we can pick up and take with us are one thing. The things that by nature must or just get left behind is a whole nother one that no one really thinks about until, man, why doesn't this light switch work correctly? And then you take the plate off and discover that it was a smart plug the whole time. And it's been connected to someone else's Google account for the six months since you moved in, you know, like that's the kind of stuff. That, yeah. It kind of plays into that data security. Like what sure your, does. what your name is attached to like, yeah, that smart plug. If you look up the model, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, you, you buy ways. these things and you have yeah. these accounts. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those, like you said, those decommission, like, okay, I need to decommission my house before I actually right. <laughs> leave it. And, and that, that is an area where, I have varying expectations for different things. I have almost no expectation of this becoming a thing that Joe public really ever crosses the bridge on. It's, it's instead an area where people need to start thinking about, okay, just like you call in the lawn guy for the new house or the plumber for like, there's a real need developing around this where you got to have a guy like, mm-hmm. it's just yep. gotta, and Smart chances home, are, yeah. it's, chances are it's the guy that came in and set the stuff up for you in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, if my, if, if my mother didn't have access to me, she'd need a guy to come in and do yeah. that kind of stuff, you know? So, and, and that's if people bothered, but as people do bother to do it more often, there's going to be an ever growing need to have that person that can not only set up, manage, maintain it while you have it, but when you do have those moves again, in our space, when we think about like, think about any one of our partners, our, our client partners doing their own office move. Yeah. Every time they've attempted it, it's been a disaster Mm -hmm. and they've had to have us do more work on the other end, fixing what they messed up trying to do it themselves than if they would have just had us come in and do it in the first place. There is a direct parallel to that growing every minute in this home, specifically smart home space where you can try to pick up the stuff and move it yourself. And then once you get to the other end and realize all the stuff you didn't unpair, 
that you need access to the device to do it properly or to at least make the device unusable. And the person comes at you because you sold them something that now doesn't work because it's still tied to your account. Like it's, it gets really messy really fast in a way that I just don't think a lot of people are really thinking about. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't think about it even you're going out and buying, let's say you're building a new home and you're actually paying the money in advance to smart, make your home smart when you walk in the door after they're done building it. You go in there, you live in that house 10, 15 years, whatever it is, and then you move. You don't think about that. All that stuff's been built in, you know, because you paid for it in advance. You're just going to walk out like you would any other house Mm -hmm. because it's all built into the walls. And then if that guy isn't in business anymore that set you up after that, who do they go to? Who's their guy? You know, I mean, yeah, it does. It gets messy really fast. That's a good point. Yeah, it does. So. As always, never intended to be doom and gloom. It's intended to be a reminder of these are things we should be and have to start thinking about more frequently. It, it's it's a cost of ownership of be, yep. of participating in the space and and being you know free thinking adult human beings that need to remember to take stock and be aware of the things we have, sell, and operate. So, with that, I guess bombshell that matters. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I think we'll wrap it up there for this week. That was the worst one yet. Um, it's okay. You, you guys have anything uh, as we wrap it up? Uh, no, we do. The, we'll do the like and subscribe. You know, make sure to wipe your home devices yes. when you leave. <laughs> exactly. That's right, and we and we mean with more than a dust rag. So yes. I do realize uh, all those echoes can get very very dusty on top, but also hit the reset button. So. Yes. All right. Well, with that, we will wrap it up and catch you next time. Later. Later. Thank you.